This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Frank and Zach's new law firm. Do you feel like you didn't get enough biscuits at Thanksgiving? Want to sue your family? Contact us, Frank and Zach, and we'll probably lose. Another young fella with something to prove. I gotta set myself up in the undertaking business. Stop doing all the skill work so another man can profit. But then, do I want to wear a black suit? You need a cow? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credits Podcast, the only podcast that had a whole bunch of other episodes that are unrelated to this episode. But Western, I'm Zach. And today we are doing The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. This was a fun little movie. So I wa- rewatching it, mm-hmm. I was like, it's not really as feel good as I remember it being. I, I like <laughs> the fact that like we're doing these feel good movies that aren't really feel good. <laughs> Has feel good moments. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but overall, not really feel good. But uh, there's a lot to this one. So Zach, tell us who's in it. Okay. So I did this one a little bit differently because usually I write everything out. And boy, I, I was just like, wow, there's too many There's a people. lot of names. Yeah. So... Thankfully, IMDb kind of did a little bit nicer for me. Um, so, The Ballard of Buster Scruggs came out in 2018, directed by the Coen brothers. You have, because it's broken down into stories. So, first story, Ballard of Buster Scruggs. It's going to be Tim Blake Nelson, who plays Buster Scruggs. Willie Watson, who plays the kid. And Clancy Brown, who plays Curly Joe. Um, in the next story, near Aldonis. Um, you mainly have just James Franco, who plays the cowboy in that. The next story, you have Meal Ticket, which is going to be Liam Neeson playing Impresario. It's about close enough. <laughs> uh, and Harry Mellings playing the artist. And then that lovely chicken. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that chicken is absolutely lovely. Um, my favorite story in this, which is All Gold Canyon, Uh Tom Waits plays Prospector, and then Sam Dillon plays the young man. Um, the next story that I hated, yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> the gal who got rattled, which you have Bill Heck who plays Billy Knapp, and then Zoe Kazan who plays Alice, and then Granger Hines who plays Mister Arthur. Um, next story, the final, yeah, the final one, which is the mortal remains. Um, you have Jango O'Neill who plays the Englishman. Brendan Gleeson, who plays the Irishman, Sal Rubinek, who plays the Frenchman, Tyne Daly, who plays the Lady, Chelsea Rose, who plays the Trapper, and then that's it. That's, that's everyone. It. That's everyone. That's fuck. It's a lot of oh, people. Dreading um, that one. So, yeah, this is a Western that is a series of vignettes, and they don't, none of them, it doesn't kind of, you know, as, as a lot of uh vignettes do in film sometimes mm-hmm. they'll kind of have a series of separate stories that seem unrelated but then all eventually like kind of culminate into like coming back together and coming full circle this does not do that at mm-hmm. all these are all completely unrelated little short stories originally they were supposed to not be it was supposed to be like they just kind of release these separately as mm-hmm. little little short stories but they ended up doing it for netflix and ended up becoming just one movie which i like yeah. It's something different from the Coen Brothers where it's like just six short stories. Yeah, and but it feels very Coen Brothers. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, in my opinion, the first story, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs itself, mm-hmm. feels like the most Coen Brothers of all of these. Oh, yeah. 
uh, with the music, which is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Buster Scruggs himself, which is really fun. And the really, like, witty um, dialogue in it is and the fourth, incredible. The fourth wall breaking that almost feels like Deadpool, but Western. Yeah. Uh, it's all just... It's all just so Coen Brothers, and it works so well that uh, it makes me just kind of wish that they would take the first story and expand it into a full-blown, like, feature. Well, that's why. It's because, like, the first and second story, I was all in. And then the third one, like, that one really got me, like, heart-wise. Like, um, but the first two stories really felt like these grandiose western stories and especially with buster like it was just so fun because it's like he's such a nice guy and then having him ride in and then basically killing everybody who like just he's like the f- he, he is like even what, tries uh, to talk to him he, he was uh what he was pretty much like the fastest gunslinger in the west mm-hmm. basically yeah and and he for the most part until he gets fucking shot in the head he, he proves his point oh like, yeah he's well, really good the death with curly joe was amazing yeah, where yeah. it's like he just like flicks Isn't the it? table and it's and then so just... unexpected yeah like, you're just not expecting that at all but i love when he walks into that little cantina mm-hmm. and he like oh he dusts himself, himself off. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, the, then... and the dust is just in his shape and it just stands there and he just walks out of it it's like perfect well that's why like the first story was so like almost borderline cartoony yeah and i loved it because yeah. it was it was so like fun exactly like, you could tell that they were having fun with i it. knew that um i was like if when i was thinking when i when i uh, rewatched this i was like if zach and i were to make a movie this is the type of comedy that it would be <laughs> oh yeah like it's it would just be so ridiculous mm-hmm. and, and border like borderline just absolute cartoonish like that horrible like movie idea that we came up with when we used to work together <laughs> <laughs> so it's just absolutely uh in my opinion i think it's like top three for me that mm-hmm. first vignette oh yeah uh everything about it the music i think is so great in that i know that you know you don't love like singing in films but i feel like the the music in that was really good mm-hmm. i even love the the death of buster scruggs ironically enough because of they they even play that off kind of like not Where, that like, serious you see his body leave and he just turns well first off angel. he gets shot in the head and he's just like oh that's mm-hmm. not good <laughs> and then he dies mm-hmm. um and then, yeah, and then he fucking, his angel, like, soul mm. comes out, and it's, like, playing the harp while the other guy who killed him, like, kind of just goes off into the sunset. Well, that's why I was like, oh, okay, it's the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, so it's like, okay, this is gonna be, like, his story in heaven or something like that. Yeah. And then they just didn't do it. Yeah. But then you get into James Franco's story. Yeah, of so him near as the Aldon, ear, near, what is it? Aldenodge or whatever it's called. Algen, Algenons. Panshot, that's what it is. Panshot! <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> the funniest part of it all. Yeah, but it's so fantastic. First off, James mm-hmm. Franco looks so good as a cowboy. Oh, yeah. He looks incredible as it's a cowboy. It's stuff like this that makes me forget like that he is a really good actor. Yeah. Because like when he's playing this, like he is just this so... like desperado he style. He looks to him. like he could play a really good villain mm-hmm. in a western. And he looks like if you gave him 10 minutes more of screen time and gave him more dialogue, he could really like this would have been like the top contender for the 6. Yeah. Yeah. Um and him going to that bank cuz while the first one is more cartoony, the second one kind of reels it back and it goes way more into like a realistic setting mm-hmm. and it takes it itself way more seriously for the most part except yeah. for pan shot pan generally the, well no that that's realistic i mean i would say that it's fairly realistic in like terms of, of it 
if I was in a Western, oh yeah, I'm putting pots and pans in, on me. In terms of like actual practicality, I guess it would work. Mm-hmm. But in terms of ridiculousness <laughs> and like actual like trying to do it, it would not work. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's but it's it's it absolutely adds a certain element to that story because for the most part, every every one of these stories after don't really have like that comedic relief. No, they're all pretty serious after this, mm-hmm. and I think that it does a really it, it does a pretty good job of like the first one is very funny and very ridiculous. The second one has ridiculous elements, but is more serious. The third one generally is pretty serious, and then after that, it's just like very serious the whole way down. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I did like though where this story was kind of like this whole idea of like cheating death. Yeah, and then it just he gets brought in yeah because you have that comedic part where it's like hey he, he was trying to steal these <laughs> alleged <cattle."> <laughs> <laughs> and he's like shut up <laughs> and then gets hung and it's like he didn't even get like he didn't even do this crime yeah um but it really just makes me wish that the coen brothers would do like a proper western because mm-hmm. i mean like no country for old men is a modern day western yeah um but like a, a, an 1800s western it makes me just wish they would do it because mm-hmm. it's so incredible it's something where it's like they probably could have done something very similar to the harder they fall, but just done it in their own style. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it would have been better, mm. truthfully. <laughs> but they they have a talent, man. They have a really, really great talent of, I mean, the 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 set designs are really great. The uh, Everything looks really like. Oh, yeah. Um, everything feels like it's a Western. Gritty and like, like dirty. Down to, I think it was like in the story with James Franco, like. You like I noticed again like the buildings like yeah. how they're shaped and they almost look like they're just like literal flat propped up yeah. like barns almost yeah and it started to make me think it was like you know I see this in like every Western film maybe that's just how they look well they were that's that that it was like the old school like that's how they built them the brittlest of wood yeah <laughs> and and also like just very boxy and like square mm-hmm. it also just makes no sense that that guy's bank is in the middle of nowhere oh yeah. But and then he, you also have like the 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 cantina like out in the middle yeah. of nowhere for Buster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, that bank just being in the middle of nowhere and the guy just being like he's like, you know, have you guys ever been robbed? And he's like, Oh yeah. And the thing is he's explaining that <laughs> oh, yeah. he's been robbed twice and nobody's gotten away with it. Mm-hmm. And James Franco just doesn't care. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I got this. That was um, funny too, with like the, the shotguns underneath. Yeah, too. that was great, yeah. right? Um I, I really like, too, when, when he's about to get hung for the first time, mm-hmm. and uh, they kind of, like, reading him, like, they kind of wake him up, and he's like, what's going on? And they're like, you're being hung for your fucking, uh, for you trying to rob the bank. That and was like, Rob Heinsohn, too. Yeah. He's like, do you have any uh, last words? And he was just like, well, I just wanted to say that I don't think that pan-wearing fella really <laughs> fights all that fair. <laughs> and it's like, all right, that's pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um the the horse like you know getting the whole like Native Americans coming killing everybody and then eventually he ends up getting caught again and uh, getting hung and kind of a sad ending where he's just like pretty girl and yeah. he just like gets hung and then it just ends it's like the last thing that he like he sees yeah and it's like kind of like damn mm. that that's sad yeah so I think that meal ticket is my favorite really I really I, enjoyed this one it was more close than I so. The thing, so the thing that bothers me mm-hmm. is I agree with you about the Oregon Trail one that yes. like it's not it's in horrible. my opinion I wouldn't say it's horrible. I think it's, it's just the pacing is so slow and it could have really really done with a a like trimming of the fat 
and just getting down to like what what we really need to see because there's so much character building and truthfully they're not all that interesting but i will say that that one in my opinion has one of the best endings but i digress Mm -hmm. let's go back to meal ticket Mm -hmm. because meal ticket to me i was surprised on how much i enjoyed it because it did not it it was slow but it didn't feel i actually like was interested in what was going on and yeah. i think that the ending of it really makes that entire thing worth it while i don't feel like the ending of the other one makes makes the entirety of it worth it yeah. but th- but with meal ticket i really do feel like it it comes to a a really s- realistic sad ending that the that you kind of needed that slow burn too. Yeah. Well, meal ticket I really liked because it's like you you have this whole probably like 15 minutes of the vignette of everything and it conveys the story so well by doing the same scene like six times over. Yeah. And you really get the idea that like, you know, Liam Neeson's character is just bringing him around because he is like this kind of like sideshow attraction. I, I guess I would kind of call like Liam Neeson like an opportunist. Yeah. Like he's just the guy that if the op, like he's just kind of going with whatever works right now. Mm-hmm. And then clearly, obviously, if you see something better and he has any things that he has the opportunity of getting more money, then he'll do that. But that's the thing is like you can tell that like the artist is actually very dependent on him. Of course. Well, I so mean, he's got besides... no ar- so he's got no arms and legs and they just kind of go from town to town and and he just says a series of poems. And I'll, I'll be honest, I'm a little partial because they start off that one with my favorite poem ever, Ozymandias. Mm-hmm. Uh and and it starts off where it's like he's actually like telling it and the women and, and, and some of the men are like really compelled by what he's doing. And like, mm-hmm. you can see like the facial expressions of how, how interested they are. Yeah. They should have just stayed in that town. Right. Just only there, <laughs> but it just kept doing the same show yeah. over and over. Once yeah. a week, just come by. <laughs> um, and then you get that kind of slow trickle down effect of like, they move to the next town and they move to the next town and there's less and less people and the weather is starting to get kind of harsher and, the, even the people who do show up are uninterested and they don't really end up giving them change for, you know, their work because that's what he does. Mm-hmm. Liam Neeson literally just drives around and then sets him up and then goes around with his hat and collects the money yeah. at the end of the show. So he does a lot of the easy work for it. Right. Until you get that chicken. Right. And then you get to the chicken where the chicken just knows how to do math. <laughs> <laughs> and he's God see- damn, chicken's got one other thing up against yeah, me. Yeah, so he, he sees... He sees like that they're not doing too hot, obviously mm. together, and it's shitty because it could have just been like a bad month. Yeah, like, you don't know because it's so it's they're basically freelancers. Yeah, so like you have no idea like what town you're gonna roll into and who's going to be compelled and who's not going to be compelled and how many people are gonna show up and how many people are not gonna show up. You have no idea. It's all just kind of luck of the draw. Yeah, and and. For them to kind of just have like a few, like what it seems like a few shitty series of maybe they don't really tell you. It could be a series of weeks, it could be months, it could be days. It could just be one day after the next, and they just keep going from the next town to the town. But you have like a few slower days, and he sees a chicken where everybody's like mm-hmm. crowded around and everyone's having a good time, and people are like paying to see this chicken do math, and he buys the chicken off the guy. I'm surprised that the guy let the chicken go. It's like, that's a cool chicken. That's a good chicken. A good it, knows, chicken. it knows math. It was self-taught. Yeah. What do you mean a chicken knows math self-taught? <laughs> um, but. The ending. The ending, again, like, being... because you know, 
You know what's happening. Yes. Here. And you, I, I love the fact that they didn't show it. It just added like this one little like ambiguous thing where it's like, you know, he threw him overboard, like into the river. Yeah. And you didn't have to see it. You just knew. And and there's also like the acceptance mm-hmm. of the poet's, I guess, face where it's, he's just like, yeah, he gets it. He knows what's about to happen to him. And then you have like Liam Neeson walking up to him and he kind of smiles at him where he's like trying not to. Yeah. Like, hey, buddy, yeah, you want to go for a ride? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's, you know, he, he knows what's going to happen. And then they just have that perfect shot of the, 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 um, the wagon is now empty and it's just the chicken inside mm-hmm. and it ends. I mean, the like, chicken can be let out now. Like, it's it doesn't have to be in the cage. It's Why got, not? It's got all the room now. Well, just... the, yeah, but it could run away. No, and then who's going to the, do his math? Close the door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then, yeah. My favorite. The Gold Canyon is really good. I love All Good Canyon. I think it is the most feel-good out of this entire movie. Yeah. It's literally just this guy finds this open Tom area. Waits. Yeah. I fucking love Tom Waits. Yeah, he's cool. And you get, like... 10 minutes of literally just him digging and trying to find the spot where gold is being laid. And there's something like so calm and so nice about it where like you, you immediately first get it where it's like all this wilderness and all these animals like just residing in this Canyon. And then he comes along singing and then like the fish disappear and then the, the deer like runs away and then the birds like fly up into the trees and it's like, okay, we have an intruder. But he's just so happy to be there. <laughs> like he's just what like a happy intruder. <laughs> yeah, he's just like I'm gonna be here. I'm gonna take this gold. I'm gonna find it. Yeah, and I'm just gonna hang out. And then you get like the the little like subtleties of it where he's just like living, and he's just enjoying his time being there. And he goes up to the tree and tries to steal the owl's egg. Yeah, and then sees the owl looking at him as like, oh, well, never Maybe mind. Just one. Yeah, <laughs> like you won't notice just yeah. one. And it kind of almost feels like. The canyon is now working with him. To yeah, do it. and I, I the only thing I really enjoy that one, mm-hmm. and it's kind of surprising because there's so little dialogue in it that it doesn't it doesn't get stale quickly at all. Yeah, sit tight, Mister Pocket. Um, I, I was I kind of almost I don't know if if having no dialogue could could have elevated it or or would have been the detriment to it. I think I, a I little sit, bit. I sit there and I'm and I'm wondering like. I almost kind of wish that there was no dialogue at all in that story. Mm-hmm. And I wonder what that would have like, how that would have felt. That wouldn't, it wouldn't have felt as impactful than when the kid comes up and shoots him. I guess you would have not really felt for Tom Waits mm-hmm. as much because him, him talking to himself is kind of what makes him likable mm-hmm. because he's not, he's not like a, 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 hardened old like like decrepit angry man he for the most part he's actually pretty jovial yeah and and he's just there just digging and and he's having kind of like a great time with himself Mm -hmm. and and he's just kind of like i want to be paid for my hard work here yeah and Um, like and then the donkey too of lucky yeah like he he doesn't say much to him but like you can already tell that there's that camaraderie between them both yeah like he's been doing this for years and this is his donkey that he's done this with and they know the ropes together. Yeah, and it's as of now, like you've kind of been um, prepared for, like you know that something's gonna happen. Yeah, like this this, this one is the most feel good, but you know that at some point something is gonna go wrong. Yeah, and this was the one where I noticed this trend of a theme of each story has to have like death 
and then also has to have like survival of the fittest type situation to it. Yeah. Like each one of these stories has where the characters have to prove themselves and it's either life or death for them. Yeah. And that's just kind of like a testament to the old West and like how it was to live where I, we joke about the next one for Oregon trail basically, but it's like, ah, oh, you got bit by a spider. Now yeah. you're dead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that. Right. There's, there's, um, there's when, when he's digging and he finally gets like that big nugget mm-hmm. and then you have like that shadow that comes across and he knows, and did you? What did you immediately think? Like, what was going to happen? Oh, I knew that he was going to get shot. You thought? You thought yeah. it was because I, I was actually, like, somebody's up there. Yeah, and and he does, and he gets shot. Mm-hmm. And I like how how long they hold, mm-hmm. where the kid just sits there with his pistol, yeah. and he just waits and waits and rolls a cigarette, and he's just waiting. And then eventually he drops down, and he eventually thinks that he's dead. And then Tom waits, wakes up, and fucking kills him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he. Gets his gold. Yep. And it's one of the rare stories in this where it kind of ha- ended ends on a happy note. Mm-hmm. And where the main character is alive. The main character is alive, succeeded in what he was trying to do, and, you know, and it just, it was the most feel good out of all of them mm-hmm. with a, with the getting shot in the back in the middle <laughs> But it went it. clean through, it so. Went, it only hit guts. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing important. <laughs> um, it's definitely one of the better ones for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, now to the worst. So the girl, the gal who mm-hmm. got rattled is definitely the most patient testing and, uh, in my opinion, probably least interesting one. The story does not make sense to me. Okay. So let's let's break that down. Mm-hmm. So you get the beginning where it's like um, Alice is with like her family and she's being told like, oh, I'm going off with my brother and we're going to meet like this businessman that he's working with. And then I'm to be, like... Married off. Yeah. So, in that way, they can do, like, a business partnership. Okay, cool. Whatever. They start going. The brother immediately... The brother just dies. Just like, dies. Gets, like, bronchitis or something. Yeah. Just dead. <laughs> and then and then there's this speculation that, like, oh, the, the handler did it because he's not sure if he's getting paid for it. Because I guess he was going to get $400 for it, and that's a lot of money back then. Um, so then it's like, okay, cool. Now we can go off this story where it's like, you know, this guy's trying to murder both of them. And then they just, really? see, yeah, I didn't get no, that at all. They just don't do it. But then but you have, they don't, they don't imply that either. They do. No, the, they don't. The guy is pissed off and looking at her constantly. Yeah. But the guy is pissed off after the brother dies because now he's unsure if he's getting paid while the brother was alive he knew he was getting paid no no yes no because they even said like because um when alice goes to bill and um arthur it's like oh like you know he didn't know if he was going to get paid and then my brother was fine yesterday and now all of a sudden he's dead so they kind of they they did like this subtle implication. I that, disagree. Like, you dumb. I, di- <laughs> I disagree. I I got that where it was like he it was implying that, and then you started to build off of like this Oregon Trail, and it's like okay, like maybe this is just the Coen Brothers' weird way of doing the Oregon Trail, which I was like, that's fine then, because then have the brother just die from dysentery, have like five more people just die from like a snake bite, or like oh they ran out of meat, or their wagon broke down. Um, and then you have like this weird love connection between Bill Knapps so and Alice. The thing is, I actually 
didn't mind that because it wasn't genuine. Mm-hmm. It was more of like a transactional business thing. It was very awkward. And and but the thing is, like, it's supposed to be awkward mm-hmm. because he's literally like, "Listen, I know that I want to have kids because." I'm going to get old and I want somebody to take care of me, which is kind of like a strange thing to say for like a 30 year old. But at that time it made sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he was like, listen, I know that you're kind of going off and potentially going to get married, but we could get married and then, and we can just kind of figure this all out together mm-hmm. and you don't have to get married off to some guy that you've never met before. Um, so I like that there was like, like yes, they were they were gonna get they were planning on getting married, but it was kind of just strictly business, and it yeah. wasn't like a genuine kind of love story. It was more of like a, I can benefit from this, and so can you. Let's just do it. Which I kind of liked for that era of time, because mm-hmm. like it kind of made sense a bit more than, I guess, them going a more traditional route where it's like, oh, you know, they yeah, made they in made, love with they, you, yeah, yeah. Which like I could have done without. So. If you're going to include the love story, I, I, I'm okay with it being like more just strange and more left field, like how it was, opposed to just a traditional kind of like, oh, we met, now I'm in love with you because, you know, we spent, whatever, three weeks together. Yeah, it's I like, don't know. It, eh. They kind of like started to push towards like, oh, it could be feelings being Yeah, they, it could be, it could end up being feelings, I don't know. But uh, then do it with Bill instead of Arthur then of the Indians coming in and he's got to protect her now. Yeah. Because Bill is kind of made to be not like, he's just kind of like a, he's not even good. He's not really that no. good. At, he's a, he couldn't even kill the dog. He's a Western gentleman. Yeah. Which that's is what he is. A, yeah. And he's not like, he couldn't, he couldn't even put the dog down because the dog ran away from him. You hear him like shoot at the gun like three times. And he's like, ma'am, I got away. And it's just like, <laughs> like well, that's what? what? Well, I thought that that was just like him letting the dog go and then shooting in the air. I don't think so. I thought so. And then like the dog comes back and it's like, "Oh, good. That dog's back." <laughs> um and he Which did... also almost fuck you because first horror movie that almost had dog murder. Not a horror movie, western. Non-horror movie. Oh. Yeah, and it didn't have a dog. It didn't mm-hmm. have a murder. Um but mm-hmm. a lot of Native Americans get murdered mm-hmm. in uh in Arthur's scene, which again, in my opinion is one of the best action scenes just that I've seen like in that, in the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very tense. It it's was very so cinematic. Good. The thing, the thing that I thought was kind of unique too, was how they, how they paced even the action scene. The action scene was kind of slow, kind of like the whole rest of it mm-hmm. where it's like they're running all these native Americans show up on the other side of that hill and they start coming down. And he, it's like, he has enough time to like tell her what's going to happen. And he's like loading bullets into his, into his rifle. And he's like, listen, if shit goes south, take this gun and shoot yourself. And it's yeah. like, oh, okay, the stakes just got raised yeah. really high. And it's like, you'll know when shit gets real. Yeah, he's like, you know, if you see that I'm like, that I'm out, like down and out, then, you know, then fucking kill yourself because you don't want to deal with what these people are going to do to you. And he he ends up having, I thought it was a, kind of like a really uh, unique thing with like the holes in the ground mm-hmm. and like the yeah, horses the just breaking dogs. their legs and fucking all, all of them like collapsing. So that kind of gives them like a leg up. But then you realize, cause what he says, and I thought again, kind of intelligent storytelling is like, they were just kind of understanding the lay of the land. They're going to come back again. And this time they're going to like be serious. Mm-hmm. And then they of course come back again and they get the better of Arthur quickly mm-hmm. and briefly, but she sees him down and out shoots herself 
Yeah. And that's the end of that because he ends up getting, he ends up, you know, shooting that, that last Native American and he, then he goes over to her because he's like, you know, we made it. And then she already offed herself. Yeah. And that. That's hit. good storytelling. And that one That's hit. good storytelling right there. That is. It's really good storytelling and, and you did feel it. Mm-hmm. But. God almighty, is it tedious to get yeah. there. <laughs> this one feels the longest. I think this one was like 25 minutes. I think it was the longest, and it and it definitely felt it. Yeah. I really wish that we trimmed it back a little bit. And I also just didn't really love the whole kind of classic, I guess, at this point, trope of like, oh, a damsel kind of in distress, mm-hmm. and she needs to have her... Yeah, her... what the fuck was she doing all the way out there? I don't, I don't know. But it's just like, why? yeah, why were you out there? It's just, I don't know. I, you're I, so far... You're, you're literally a mile and a half away <laughs> from the rest of the group. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. I don't but, know. But uh, the action scene is cool. Yes. And and it does... When it when, she, when you end up seeing finding out that she offs herself, it is, I think, an impactful moment. Yeah. that it, The last five minutes of that, like, the whole battle and then her killing herself, that was... The whole story for me. Everything else was trash. Yeah, <laughs> I, and that's saying I, I, a, I, I can agree. Yeah, that's saying much. Uh, and then the we get to remains. the mortal remains, which is really cool. This one is the most exposition heavy, of course. But I enjoyed the story because it's like you're having them all just kind of like quarrel with each other. Yeah, and they're all just like fighting. And I love the line too, where it's like people are like ferrets. Yeah, yeah, and they're just like literally fighting with each other. And then you come to find out that. Two of them are bounty hunters. And I really liked that line, too, where it's like, you know, they're the reaper of souls. Yeah. It's like, so you're bounty hunters. And it's like, well, you could say that in a sense. Yeah. But they're also, I mean, the way, I don't know if you, the way I took it was that the guy who was riding the stagecoach, mm-hmm. driving it, was like death. Mm-hmm. And... The guy, and they're kind of like on their and way. They to were like, dead. They died. Yeah. And now they get when they reach that hotel. That's like whatever. The I don't afterlife. Know, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, because they're on like purgatory riding. This, yeah, exactly. The Which horse. is really cool, mm-hmm. and and it's really interesting how they how they do kind of explain what's going on, but they leave it kind of open ended. Mm-hmm. But man, I, I the only thing I wish about that story is that you that like the Reaper was like a little. Cool. You got to see him. Yeah, or something. Because, mm-hmm. like, he ends up just, like, dropping off the bags and then just rides away. Yeah. But he, the way he whips that whip is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so, yeah. like, Which? cinematic. <laughs> I also really like the story, too, where it's, like, he's telling, like, oh, this is how, like, we do it. It's, like, we tell a grandiose story, distract them, and then we kill them. Yeah. And it kind of almost made you think, too, it's, like, oh, okay, we're all spending a night in the same house together. What if, like, they're telling the story. Yeah. So they're telling them the story to get them rattled, and then they're like, they're going to bounty hunt all three of them. Yeah. So it was kind of like this one-two punch of like, oh, okay, they might be all dead, but also they might be becoming bountied. Yeah. And you just don't know. I just wish you got like slightly more of that because if you trimmed the last one of the gal who got rattled and then added that like 10 minutes to this one yeah i think you could have gotten a little bit more of a story yeah but the overall ending of it of like the the frenchman like closing the doors and kind of like coming to terms with it it's really cool yeah it really is cool (laughs) uh yeah man overall i think that it's a it's a near perfect western anthology i i want to give this overall just from all six stories eight prairie dogs out of ten yeah it's it's like the first Four really kind of like solidified it and then the last two just kind of like 
brought you down a little bit. Yeah, me. it didn't. I think I think it ended on a fairly strong note, but that mm-hmm. get it that middle that that you know the the um whatever the Oregon Trail one was it's tough yeah. and it really kind of like brings things to a halt. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but overall, o- it was a fun movie. Yeah, and um, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs is. I wish we got more of him. I wish we got a little bit more of him. Uh, I could have done. I could have. I could have done another song or two with him. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the songs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Him just like talking about how he's so thirsty and needs <laughs> water. Yeah. And he's like, "Stop singing that! You're running out of saliva." <laughs> uh, it's just. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I. I really am very, very excited to see uh, the tragedy of Macbeth. Oh yeah. Because. Dude, that comes out like soon. Yeah, I know, and I am extremely excited to see what what uh, I think it was Ethan, right? I think it's Joel. Well, I don't know, whatever. One but of them, it, but it's it's weird to see like one of them work on a project and not the other. I think that this one is going to be similar to the one that we did mm-hmm. uh, with Michael Fassbender. Yeah, very cinematic, very th- kind well, of poetic. I think it's going to be more like visual mm-hmm. than story driven i don't know I, which is fine i, I don't know i re- cool obviously it. i don't know but i think that it might be a bit more visual and kind of like ambiguous mm-hmm. with with like the core parts of the film like the like the main themes of macbeth yeah opposed to the entirety of like the movie that we did where mm-hmm. it was like the entire story yeah you guys are doing like every fucking stanza here it's like, like all right we're getting <laughs> it's getting a little tedious mm-hmm. um I'm hoping that it's a little bit more like visual and just like art, art housey, and it looks like it is. Yeah. Um. So I'm excited for that, and uh, I love the Coen Brothers. Nice. So uh, I have a recommendation. What it could it be? So I wanted to recommend recommend a YouTube channel, mm-hmm. um, called How to Drink. So these this is I think a guy. I know how to do that? Yeah. But this guy kind of teaches and explains and breaks down alcoholic beverages, mm-hmm. so like whiskey and bourbons and. Whatever scotches and and he'll like show you how to make like proper cocktails and how he makes it and the tools that he uses mm-hmm. um, kind of goes hand in hand with the western. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I I find him a little annoying. Mm-hmm. I will be honest. I kind of wish that he was more like he feels like the type of guy that he's just he's starting to like he, he's whatever he's got like his million subscribers that he has and. I think that like his earlier videos were more like informative. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, like now he's just trying to like do this typical like YouTube thing where it's like, oh, I have to introduce like comedy and I need to be funny and and I have to be silly and blah 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 blah. And I find that a little annoying, but the information <laughs> is good. Like yeah. truthfully, like the information that he is telling is actually like really really in- um, good and informative. And he is like teaching, you know, you how to properly make whiskeys uh whiskey sours whatever it is right and and you just kind of like by watching his videos you can kind of get a sense of like oh may- maybe this is the type of bourbon that i would like or maybe mm-hmm. this is the type of cocktail that i would enjoy or maybe i could be a bartender right or maybe because he teaches you how to do like everything um and i just really enjoy watching his videos and because i i've always liked the idea of like being able to just make cocktails mm-hmm. um so it seems very like 1950s like tough guy thing to do it's just it's just cool like i don't know like the idea of being like oh you like that drink i can make that for you Mm -hmm. like i just like that um so like having a bar and like in your house and and just being able to like actually you know just make up cocktails and and just like for like a you know group of people i think is really cool um and obviously you have to learn how to do it so uh, i wanted to recommend how to drink on youtube i think that he is worth your time nice 
Zach, what are we doing next? Frank, for our discussion, we're going to be doing our top favorite movie duos. Mm-hmm. Um, so that doesn't necessarily have to be like that typical buddy cop type thing where like, oh, they're best friends. Like they do everything together. It's it's just two characters that kind of like bounce off each other and really make the movie. Yeah. So. Cool. All right. Zach, take us out. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Now, Frank, I ain't got but one bullet left. Sure hope I don't miss. <laughs>